have a super special episode for you today. It's my first ever interview, my first ever guest on the podcast. I'm so happy you're here for it. And the person is very special as well, which you will see. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you stick around after the outro, I want to share a little bit about the actual social anxiety experience for me during the interview, some of the physical symptoms that I was having, because I think that could be interesting information for anyone who's just starting to understand how social anxiety affects them physically and other ways. So we're going to jump in and I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to your social anxiety bestie. I'm Sadie, and I'm here to share the truth about what it's like to live with social anxiety disorder. I was diagnosed with severe social anxiety and perfectionism in 2018, and since then I've been nerding out on all things anxiety and healing. My goal is to help you feel less alone and give you tips to face your own social fears wherever you are on your journey. I hope today's episode reminds you that even though social anxiety is lonely, you are not alone. Let's jump into today's episode. Okay, I'm beyond excited to share today's episode with you because it's the first ever interview I'm doing on the show and it's with someone I have mentioned a few times in recent episodes because of how much I enjoy her podcast. And that person is the one and only Megan from Healing Unscripted. Hey, Megan Griffith. Yeah. <laughs> Megan Griffith. She, her is a mental wellness coach and blogger who specializes in internalized shame, executive dysfunction, and high sensitivity. She runs the blog Healing Unscripted and hopes that her work can help women at the beginning of their mental health journeys feel a little less lost through validation and community. When she's not working on coaching or blogging, she is probably off dyeing her hair or snuggling with her son. Megan, thank you so much for being here. It's no secret that I admire your work. Your meditations often leave me misty-eyed and feeling very seen. I've been a fan of your writing since I met you through your blog probably a year ago now. So just thank you so much for being here. Horace, thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for all of your nice words about my work. I mean every single one of them. And if anyone checks out your podcast and blog, they'll they'll see it for themselves. <laughs> so I've got a few questions for Megan, and we're just going to start with, can you tell a little bit, us a little bit about yourself and how you became a mental wellness coach online? Sure. Um, so I am Megan. I am 26. I am. I started as just a mental health blogger in general. And then I decided I wanted to start coaching people because I've been in therapy for a long time. And I've just learned a lot over the years. And I realized I was sort of sitting on this gold mine of resources <laughs> and I wanted to distribute it to people. And I feel like the one-on-one -on -one setting is more uh, beneficial for people than just reading it online in a blog. So I decided to start doing mental wellness coaching, which, you know, as a discipline is not the same as therapy or anything like that, but it's sort of like a peer-based, um, mm -hmm. someone who can relate to talk to you about what's going on in your head. I like that. And I like that you distinguish mental, like you use mental wellness coach rather than mental health coach. Um, is that just like a style choice or do you specifically like the word wellness? Um, for me, it made it a bigger distinction between 
what I do in therapy. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to put as much distance between those two things as possible because I didn't want to mislead anybody to make anyone think that this was the same as therapy because it's not. Um, so yeah, I chose mental wellness partially because mental health can be very associated with like mental illness specifically. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what I work with. I work with breaking patterns and um, identifying things you want to change in your life and making really specific goals. So wellness just seems like a better fit. I love that because there's so many pieces to the mental health, mental wellness puzzle. So I can totally see how your coaching and your programs would fit into the whole. So I'm excited to hear more about that. Um, so your areas of focus are primarily internalized shame, executive dysfunction, and high sensitivity. Can you tell us a little bit about each of those areas? Um, especially if there's any tie-in with social anxiety, since that's our focus. (laughs) Sure, absolutely. So um, just as a distinction, so internalized shame and executive dysfunction are mental health issues, um, and they can relate to several diagnoses, including social anxiety. But uh, high sensitivity actually isn't a disorder or a symptom or anything like that. It's just a personality trait, uh, like introversion or bubbliness. Some people are just highly sensitive. So I'm a highly sensitive person and I've been doing a lot of work to see that as a good thing instead of like the worst thing in the world, which is how it's always felt. (laughs) Um, So that is where the internalized shame tends to play off of high sensitivity. And um, I think internalized shame can play off of social anxiety too. We, We have a lot of shame about the way we interact with the world or don't interact with the world. And, um, So internalized shame can definitely be part of that. And uh, as for executive dysfunction, just as a quick definition, um, because I don't know if everybody knows that term, but it's basically when you have a hard time planning and prioritizing and executing tasks. So um, maybe your laundry has been sitting in the dryer for two weeks, like Mm. mine. Uh, (laughs) It's just sitting there. It would be so easy. It would take me two seconds. And for some reason, I... I want to do it. It would make me feel better to do it. And you just, you can't, and something is just not clicking there. So that's a symptom of lots of different disorders. And sometimes it's not even related to a disorder. Sometimes it's just related to being in a stressful situation, like a global pandemic. Hmm. Yeah, that would do it. (laughs) That is fascinating. I actually relate to all of those now that you've explained them especially internalized shame, high sensitivity. I don't like, I don't know if that's a social anxiety thing, executive dysfunction. Yes. I've done the laundry thing. I've done that in so many areas of my house. So that's really interesting. All right. And I don't know if this ties in with that, but you did an episode of your own podcast on masking. And I found that episode completely eye-opening. I recognized myself in the description of masking, and I'm hoping you can talk to us a little bit about that in case anyone here hasn't heard it, Um, especially in terms of people-pleasing and social anxiety, because that's what stood out for me. Absolutely. So the masking episode was one that when I started writing it, I didn't realize how emotional it was going to be for me, Mm. but then by the time I finished writing it, I was like, Ooh, all right. That was a heavy one. Um, <laughs> so for people who haven't uh, maybe heard it yet. So masking is this tendency that a lot of us have to wear a mask around people so that they can't see who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is definitely a huge factor in people with social anxiety, because a lot from my understanding of it, I don't know that I have social anxiety or anything, but from what I understand, 
a lot of social anxiety is fear of being seen. It's fear of being seen as you are and showing up being found wanting, basically. Um, And masking can help protect us from that. You know, it can protect us from people's judgment because we're not really being ourselves. So if they judge us or don't like us, it's a little safer. It's like a little boundary between our real selves and the rest of the world. And that can be really protective and so it serves a purpose. I don't want anybody out there being like, oh, I do that, so I'm a horrible person. Like, yeah. It's not like that at all. It serves a purpose, but at the same time, it can be really negative because even though it protects from judgment, it also shields us from love in a lot of ways. Mm. It keeps us from being truly seen for who we are because we're afraid that we'll be found wanting, but what if we're not? What if we're found perfect exactly the way we are? And we're missing out on that appreciation for our being. So uh, masking can be very painful. That whole thing you just did is why I love your podcast so much. <laughs> I practically want to cry right now. That is so, yes, so much yes. Um, I've done that. I kind of, before I, I heard your term for masking, I called it like being a social chameleon. I would sort of change yes. my, my colors to match the colors of someone else. But then I lost my own colors along the way. And exactly. Yeah. So I, I love that episode. You guys have to listen to that episode. Um, actually, yeah, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes because I didn't check to see what number that is on your podcast. So I'll just put I that in the show remember. notes. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, you have a lot of creative products on your site too. And I would love to hear about what inspired your swear word coloring book. <laughs> I love the swear word coloring book. It is probably my favorite product on my site. Um, <laughs> so I'm sort of known in my friend group for being a slightly aggressive, positive influence. Um, <laughs> that is my vibe. I like to encourage people, but I like to use swear words in the process because I feel like it gives it a nice flair. Like and uh, I realized I could sort of do that through the coloring book. I could help people aggressively encourage themselves. And I I think I was just doodling one day and I was like, I forget what I, am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Sure. I'll just put it like, okay. I'll make it an E episode for explicit or something. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> sure. I was say, I just, I, but I think I was doodling like, I am so fucking lovable. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to turn this into, I'm going to turn this into a coloring book. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> There's something about making it aggressive that, that makes it a little bit more impactful. For me, it helps. Like sometimes if I say I am so lovable, it feels like a lie that doesn't Mm. feel true. But if I say I am so fucking lovable, it's like that little angry protective part of myself comes out and says, yeah, you are. You are so fucking lovable. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And you actually have a freebie um, on your site, right? A free coloring sheet. Yeah. Free coloring sheet. Yeah. Okay. Which I will put in the notes. Pretty. Lots Lots of beautiful swearing. All right, let's jump over to TikTok now. You recently, I did not meet you on TikTok, but you recently blew up on TikTok. You had a video go viral and that has been super exciting to watch. Can you talk a little bit about that? And is that the best place for new people to find you and follow your journey? Um, So it sort of depends on what your goal is. So if you want to reach out to me about uh, coaching or just to chat, the best place to reach me is on Instagram at Healing Unscripted. But uh, if 
you want to follow my mental health journey or get some mental health tips, um, that the best place to find that is probably TikTok, which is at Meg Moxie. Which is awesome too. <laughs> <laughs> I think the video that went viral was internalized shame, right? Was yeah, it was all about internalized shame, and I was both like really glad that people related because it meant they found a name for this thing, but also really sad that so many people saw this and thought, "Oh my goodness, that's my life." Like it was in a lot of ways, it was nice. I felt a lot less alone with this, but yeah, um, yeah it is definitely very frustrating just to see how many people deal with this on a day to day basis. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the fact that it resonated so much because a lot of people hadn't heard of it. I think that's one of the many things that makes your content special because I hadn't heard of internalized shame. I hadn't heard of executive dysfunction. I mean, I've experienced the symptoms, but not with that word. So I wouldn't have known what to look for and high sensitivity, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I really like having words to describe my experience. Uh, When I don't have the vocabulary to describe what I'm feeling, I get very, it's upsetting to me. I like knowing what's happening and what the name is. So yeah. I do a lot of research on these things and I'm so happy to share that vocabulary with other people. Yeah. I I think you and I could probably nerd out on putting words to things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one of the, okay, there's a lot of things I like about your podcast. One of my very favorite parts of your podcast is that you end everyone or basically everyone with a meditation or like an affirmation guided meditation related to the podcast topic that you write yourself and that almost always makes me cry. So (laughs) I have asked Megan if she would write one for us today and she said yes. So instead of trying to talk after her meditation when I'm choked up, I'm going to do our goodbyes and then Megan's going to take us out. So I just wanted to say that I'm going to put Megan's social links for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok in the show notes. She's also got her swear word coloring page freebie. So I'll put that. And then if you like that, she has a full coloring book, a full swear word coloring book, which I will put. And actually, maybe before we jump in, I will say that she has a group coaching program right now called Shameless. Did did you did you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure, we can talk about that real quick. I don't want to um, delay your... No, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's my group coaching program. So if you have been listening and listening to the things we've been saying about shame and internalized shame and thinking, that's me, uh, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, you are not the only one at all. And so to help more people... Uh, with this problem, I just developed a group coaching program that's basically, it's less than an hour of your time per week. And um, it's like a half hour group coaching call where we will talk about different aspects of internalized shame, like where it comes from, what it is, how it's different from guilt, stuff like that. And as the weeks go by, we will start talking about healing um, and all the different ways that you can do that because it's absolutely possible. Um so yeah, that's that's the group coaching program in a nutshell. It's 10 weeks, it's $300, and it's uh, definitely something you should check out. Love that. And that's at Healing Unscripted, and I'll put the link in the description. Thank you. I know I kind of threw that one at you. I didn't... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I meant to talk about it earlier, and I... No, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So thank you. The only thing, my, cause my thing on my, my podcast is to be super candid about the experience of social anxiety. So for anyone listening, being like, I want a podcast, but I could never interview someone. Um, I'm super nervous right now. I just, 
I'm just going to be honest, like I'm having the physical symptoms of social anxiety. Um, I think by question two, my hands are ice cold and shaking. My jaw is shaking and my head is actually vibrating. And I've been sitting here thinking, oh my God, I hope Megan doesn't think that I'm going to fall over and faint or something. But probably she all. didn't notice. She probably I either didn't notice. Yeah, see, because people don't notice the way that we do. She's, I mean, I shouldn't mind read, but probably you're thinking more about your own notes and your own, your own stuff. Oh, I'm thinking about how sweaty my own hands are. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, that was unscripted, but I, I feel like we don't, people don't share enough about the insides of social anxiety. And I just wanted to tell you guys that even someone who has a social anxiety podcast is kind of freaking out right now. <laughs> but that's okay because I have a beautiful meditation from the beautiful Megan to listen to. So thank you again, Megan, so much for being here. And I hope everyone will check out your podcast and I can't wait to listen to your meditation. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's start by taking a nice deep breath in through the nose, holding it for just a moment and exhaling slowly through the mouth. Good. Now let's talk about being seen. Being seen comes with risks. What if the other person doesn't like what they see? What does that say about you? If you're starting to feel panicked, it's okay. Remember that in this moment, it's just you and me and you're safe. When we're afraid of being seen, we are afraid that there is some part of us that is inherently unlovable. That if people see the real us, they will be simply unable to love or appreciate us. That's the true fear. Luckily, it's not true. It feels true, and I understand how painful that is. But the truth is, there is no part of you that you can show the world that will affect your lovability. You are always lovable because you are human. Take a step back for a minute. Zoom out on the human race and think about all of the lovely things about being a human. We pet everything and anything fluffy. We treat little household robots like roving vacuums as if they're a pet. We run toward trouble to help others instead of running away to safety. You are one of those people. You're a human. And you are so lovable simply because you exist. It might not feel safe right now, and it's okay to take your time, but it really is safe for you to be seen. No matter how the other person reacts to your existence, your lovability doesn't change. You are so lovable, just as you are. Peace be with you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I hope you found it helpful. Anxiety thrives on avoidance, and we can take back our power by just showing up like you did today. Remember that you're probably underestimating how strong and wonderful you are, and you're probably overestimating how perfect and put together other people are. So show up scared, show up imperfect, just show up. And while you're at it, come find me on Instagram at your social anxiety bestie so we can be awkward together. I'm so happy I got to share that interview with you. I hope you liked it. Let me know what you thought. Do check out Megan's podcast. I wanted to take just a few quick minutes to talk about my social anxiety experience 
of interviewing someone for the first time, because it's not something that I ever thought I'd be able to do. I talked about it a little bit with Megan at the end, um, but I just wanted to reiterate that I don't know if I feel less scared than, or during the interview, if I felt less anxious than I may have in the past. I think it's just that my mind understood that my body was reacting physically to anxiety, but that it didn't mean that I was in danger or that I was doing anything wrong. Um, I was able to just separate the physical symptoms I was having without them meaning that I suck at podcasting or that I shouldn't be interviewing Megan or that she wasn't having a good time or anything like that. But it was physically quite taxing, which I find interesting because even though I've come so far in the cognitive and behavioral areas of healing, like I, my thoughts are healthier, my behaviors are healthier, physically I still feel a lot of the symptoms. So I have a headache right now. I'm very drained. I'm having the adrenaline dump. During the episode, my head was shaking and trembling. My jaw was shaking and trembling. Um, I closed my eyes during the meditation, but I was having trouble keeping my eyelids closed because my I was trembling so much. My hands are very cold. And it doesn't mean anything more than that. I actually had a great time interviewing Megan. I like we're, we're friends. I, she's a wonderful person. We laughed before we laughed after. Um, I, I had a great time. Sadie had a great time, but social anxiety didn't have a great time. And moving forward for me has not been finding a way to stifle those symptoms or not feel them anymore or not feel nervous. It's just been doing it anyway and accepting that they're there. And little by little, it's getting better. But it may never go away completely. I may always be someone who trembles and blushes, but I guess so what? We can show up anyway. I want that to be one of the many takeaways that you get from this episode. What you see at the surface is not necessarily what's going on inside somebody. There could be people that you look up to as being super calm and cool that are nervous and you just don't see it. Just remember that when you're being hard on yourself. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye.